Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and we have David Gray in in uh, for Doug, who is out of town. So uh, we will be talking with him. And if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Dot com And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also um, send your questions to uh, at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk on Facebook and Twitter. And I should say, don't email ask at uh, SWAT Radio. Email Taylor at SWAT Radio um, because Doug has the ask at SWAT Radio thing uh, on his phone. And I don't have the. <laughs> so if you want to have your questions answered, uh, email to uh, Taylor at SWAT Radio dot com. So anyway. Good, going to, good to be here, Taylor. Yeah, glad you're in. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed it yesterday and talked to Doug this afternoon a little bit, and he is in Louisiana uh, to speak at an engagement tonight. Something he didn't elaborate, he didn't have time, but something called Man Church. <laughs> so I assume that it's a, men, cool. a men's yeah. ministry and a men's group, but uh, he asked for prayers uh, for that. So we want to have those listening. Uh, pray for Doug, pray for his message tonight that God will give him the right words to say and that um, he'll have safety in traveling home. So he expects to be back in tomorrow, but uh, I'll be on standby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and I, and I apologized to Taylor uh, before the, before we came on the air, I'm wearing my Patriots, New England Patriots t-shirt here today with, and he's wearing a Jaguar shirt, but uh, you know I'm, why I'm wearing the shirt? It was free, so you know I'm not like a big. <laughs> so you're not a big yeah. Jaguar fan. I uh, interned with them at one point, okay. so I got some free stuff. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So you don't have to. You don't have to uh, worry about my okay. sensitive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Doug doesn't worry about my sensitivities <laughs> when it comes, like I said yesterday, to uh, my allegiance. But uh, this is the old logo, the Pat Patriot logo. Yeah. For those of you who are familiar of it, with it, it's the uh, Revolutionary War Patriot hiking the football and uh believe it or not this was designed by my elementary school art teachers family really yeah so huh. they they uh we we were very familiar with it from early on of course old schoolers like my dad would probably love to see him go back to this logo yeah rather yeah. than the flying elvis that they have for <laughs> the uh, current logo but anyway uh as we were talking yesterday it just continues right a lot going on mm-hmm. in the world and i you know i wanted to mention and i know doug mentions this as well um whenever we take the first few minutes to talk about current events um the goal and i don't always meet that goal but the goal is to bring up issues to have a discussion about how christians should respond to things happening in the world right yeah and and how we should respond as those knowing the truth and having a biblical worldview right and of course uh, primarily, our our goal is always, and our our command is to respond in love, mm-hmm. uh, to respond with grace, uh, to respond armed with the truth, right? To to be loving and gracious, but also not to back down from the truth. And 
And I confess, sometimes when I'm on with Doug or now with you, Taylor, it's it's easy on my part to to let it devolve into just such a you know a political discussion or my opinion and 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 I don't think there's anything wrong with giving our opinions, but the the main goal is to always be you know looking at this from a biblical worldview and try to through discussion you know help each other. Iron sharpens iron, right? Mm-hmm. Help each other, kind of understand and and maybe equip each other based on what God's word says with how to handle some of these situations. So, yeah. And I, I think that's interesting because people have different, uh, takes on what the Bible says concerning certain things. And, um, so yeah, it's always good to make sure that your, uh, you know, your reasons for your thinking is grounded in the truth found in God's word. But that doesn't mean that people don't, uh, disagree or see things differently. So, of course. you know, you or I, kind of saying, oh, this is kind of where I'm at with, you know, what's going on based on this. Other people might, you know, not sure. like that too much. But Sure. But the the bottom line is, as believers especially, we don't want to be divided. Yeah. We want to be unified. There's room for different opinions in the church. You know, we're talking about the church uh-huh. and what, it, what the Bible says it should look like. There's room for, you know, uh, differing on minors, right? We want to be united on majors right. and there's room for different opinions and interpretations on different things, whether it's, you know, just to take a popular one, right? Infant versus adult baptism, yeah. right? There's a, there's an issue that people disagree about, but there's room for some of that. It's not a salvation issue yeah. um, and, and all of that. So do, do you find just uh keep with that? Do you find uh, the church, do, does it seem to you because it does to me like it is, becoming much more divided in kind of the times that we're in. And there's kind of starting to seem like there's some animosity sure. um, towards one another as believers, which, you know, we don't want to see Absolutely. obviously, but yeah. uh, do you see that? And if you do, are you, is that worrisome to you at all? Yeah, I've seen it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a little bit and it is worrisome. Um, we don't want to, I mean, I, I think our enemy, right. You know, at, at the SWAT retreat, one of our speakers hit it on the head when he said, a lot of what we see going on, if not most or all of what we see going on, is really what what the Bible says about our battle being a spiritual battle mm-hmm. and our battle being with, in, uh, in Ephesians right 6, right, our battle is against principalities and powers and dark forces in the heavenly realms or in the spiritual places. And, and I think that's right. And I think we need to remember that the goal of our enemy <laughs> and his minions yeah. is to divide us, mm-hmm. is to lie to us is to break our unity, is to divide us and um, and take our focus off Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And and boy, it's, it's working, I think, in some cases, right? Yeah. And I think that's why we have to be vigilant about staying connected to him. And uh, and I have seen a little bit of, of division and maybe more so than normal. It's Yeah. Do you have any sense of, uh, you know, churches maybe starting to stray from just focusing on, having their focus be on uh christ and and if you've seen that at all when how do we as those who are still trying to focus on uh christ how do we interact with them and at what point is it like you know yeah yeah i i've always looked at it like uh you know i've been blessed to be in some great churches with great teachers Mm -hmm. great pastors and from my standpoint it's always about is the church teaching and preaching the gospel yeah. As the Bible tells us the gospel message. Is mm-hmm. is it a Bible believing, Bible teaching church? 
it doesn't mean it's perfect. Yeah. The church is made up of imperfect people like me, and and we are going to have our faults, right? Mm-hmm. But the point is, is the is the church teaching what the Bible says essentially, yeah. right? Is it doctrinally, theologically, is the church sound? And are the pastors to to get into a little bit of what we're going to talk about with Chan today? You know, are the leaders loving the people, and is the congregation a reflection of? that leadership where we're loving each other and bearing with each other and supporting each other. So for me, those are the things I think that I'm looking at. I, you know, if we stop, if we start seeing what we know to be a wrong teaching and it's, it's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. Um, if we start seeing a lack of love and, and, and respect for each other and supporting each other, then I think those might be red flags. I've been fortunate. Like I said, I haven't seen that in, in where we've been going to church, but, um, in the past, occasionally, I've seen that. But for me, those have always been the, the kind of the measuring sticks. Yeah, I guess it's just, you, you know, you kind of start to see, uh, you know, people kind of self-segregate into the type of, you know, churches that they want to go to. But you do start to see kind of, I'm thinking in the culture, kind of almost these two different visions of what, mm-hmm. you know, church is, kind of the more traditional um, view of, or I guess I should say what being a Christian means. The, there's the more traditional view and then there's the, uh, you know, the other view um, that's, you know, that seems to be gaining some some ground within members of the church. And so that's kind of the, where I was. Yeah, yeah. I think about Paul in Galatians. I think it was Galatians right off the top of my head saying to them, when I came to you, I didn't come with any fancy words or mm-hmm. eloquent speeches. I came preaching nothing but Christ and him crucified. And, and I think that's that's the focus, right, is is the gospel message that Jesus came to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's all by his grace and goodness toward us. It's nothing to do with, you know, our goodness, which there isn't any, our Mm -hmm. inherent goodness, right? It's, it's, we weren't just struggling and he came and threw us a life preserver. We were dead at the bottom of the ocean. The Bible is very clear that we are dead in our trespasses. Mm -hmm. And, And I've always, you know, liked that illustration to kind of prove that point or talk about what the gospel really says. It says we're dead in our trespasses. Well, a dead person doesn't make choices. Yeah. Right. So we don't choose him. He chose us. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's, that's another show for another program <laughs> for Doug to, to go over uh, on all of that. But, but we know that he, we love him because he first loved us and mm-hmm. he chose us and he did for us what we can't do uh, through his perfect life, through his, substitutionary sacrifice on the cross and through his resurrection. And now through his life, he continues to, to, to work through us as the church and, and as, as part of his body. And, you know, that's, that's what we have to keep coming back to. Mm -hmm. And, um, anything else now, again, there are ancillary teaching and Bible teaches a lot of different things, but that's the focus, right? Uh, We've talked about this here before, and this is not original with me, but the whole Bible is about Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? The Old Testament is Jesus predicted. The Gospels are Jesus revealed. Acts is Jesus preached. Mm -hmm. The letters, mostly of Paul, are Jesus explained. And Revelation is Jesus anticipated. And I always thought that's, that's such a good summary to come back to, to remember that everything is about him. Yeah. So I know we're coming up to our first break here. 
Yes, we are. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, we would like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. Stick with us. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking Chains. He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom That is Chain Breaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked in the uh, first segment really about uh, I guess saying in doing things in love and then how that applies to uh, the, the church to the church body. And then also when there's disagreements in the church within, you know, a local church, but then also disagreements between uh, the church at large. Uh, and we're going to be getting into letters to the church by Francis Chan. Um, and we're getting into his chapter about good shepherds. Uh, so, and not only, you would hear that and you would think, oh, that means for the pastor, but no, how we all as Christians are to uh, be shepherds. And so we're going to be talking about that and how that can apply really in what we're seeing today, right? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things Chan writes in this chapter, and we started to introduce it yesterday, um, but one of the things he writes that I think is really important 
is this is not a chapter for laypersons to use in judgment mm. of their leaders. The challenge of leading this generation of highly opinionated individuals is daunting enough. I definitely don't want to add fuel to that fire. This chapter is written for all of us to make us evaluate our own lives. The church needs godly leaders. And so I was glad that he wrote that. And uh, for me in reading this and, and uh, going over it a little bit, yeah, I, I, I tried to see, okay, how does this apply to me? And man, I saw a lot of things that apply to me um, in this chapter. But to your point about all the things that are going on, um, I, I think this is a good thing to talk about because we're all influencers. If we belong to a church, we're mm-hmm. all called to be part of the body. We're all called to be shepherding somebody. And you're going to read a couple of passages in a moment that talk about the call of scripture on us to shepherd um, others. And, um, you know, as I, as I look at these different things that are going on in the world, you know, just very quickly, we, you and I were talking about this before we came on. I, I wasn't aware of this until last night, but you know, there was a protest in Charlotte several days ago. Um, and uh, I don't know exactly what started this, but apparently there was a, a street preacher close by to where the protesters were. And um, again, have no idea what he was saying or, <laughs> yeah, but he was, I assume, you know, pre- preaching about Jesus or, and the protesters started uh, a chant uh, that basically was bleep your Jesus. Okay. It was the chant. Mm. And I saw the, the, the video of it. And I was on a kind of a group me group text last night with some other guys from a Bible study that I'm in. And, um, you know, such a range of comments and emotions. And, and, and I admit the first emotion I felt was just anger. Mm. Um, but, but somebody in our group had the right response i think and that was what you know thinking about it made him think about jesus on the cross being sneered at and jeered at and insulted and mocked and had things thrown at him and you know doug talks about our trips to israel one of the things we really got a sense of being over there was most likely where the cross was right outside the city walls of jerusalem and right at a crossroads a major crossroads Mm. where all kinds of people would be going by and Jesus would have been basically just maybe above eye level, mm-hmm. not way up on a huge cross, because the Romans, everything they did had a purpose. Mm-hmm. And and the purpose here was to let people see, you mess with Rome, here's what happens. Yep. And they wanted people to see up close the suffering. And so the unimaginable um, things that were happening to him there. And what did he say? He said, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I thought that was such a, a good godly response from my friend to say that. And, and re- to realize that even though I'm a believer and, and, and I'm following Jesus, there have been plenty of times in my life where my actions mm-hmm. have said the same things that those protesters were saying with their mouths. Yeah. And, um, and so apart from him and apart from what we talked about earlier, his grace, I'm in the same boat, even if I wasn't saying those exact words. Right. Yeah. And so um, apparently they covered that, that street preacher with silly string and, mm. and he was, but there's an example assuming that he is a believer of somebody suffering, right? There's mm. a, there's a real example of a, of a believer suffering. And so again, 
as shepherds and as leaders, as members of churches, we're going to run into some kind of opposition and suffering, and it sounds like it's just increasing. And, of course, that's not a surprise based on what the Bible teaches. Yeah. So anyway, wanted to mention that. And I'm going to have you read, Taylor, if you don't mind. I know I kind of hit you with a bunch of uh, passages, but we want to read a few passages that talk about shepherding and uh, and the call on of Scripture on us to to shepherd others. So why don't you start with that Titus passage, uh, Taylor, Titus 2, verses 3 to 5. Older women likewise are to be uh, reverent in behavior and not slanderers or slaves too much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to have their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be revealed. That the word of God may not, oh, reviled. I thought it said revealed. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, you know. Maybe some people would get their hackles up at that language, right, about being submissive. Yeah. And about, mm-hmm. But but what would the world look like if older women were teaching younger women, essentially what it says there, to love their wives and to love their husbands, yeah. <laughs> yeah. love their husbands and children the way that the Bible prescribes yeah. us to? What a difference that would make and what, what a need there is right now for older women to be teaching. Look at the influences on younger women mm-hmm. right now in yeah. the world. Um, the next passage we, uh, is Ephesians 6, 4. This has to do with parents shepherding children. All right. I got it right here. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Yep. And, and again, as a father, and you'll probably be one at some point, that, that's, that's good to hear before you become a father. Now, <laughs> Now, I'm sure I heard it before I was a father as well, but I didn't always adhere to it very well. And, uh, boy, there's nothing worse, I think, than than a kid feeling like his father is just always on him and mm-hmm. exasperating him. And, and uh, that, you know, so, again, to think about what that means to be a shepherd. You know, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and I lay yeah. down my life for the sheep, right? And as fathers— Maybe literally we'd be called to lay down our lives for our kids someday, but I think in the day-to-day it means we set aside our mm-hmm. own interests, yeah. right? We set aside our own wants and desires for the benefit of our of our wife and our kids. And uh, and again, boy, do kids need parents who are who are shepherding them. Um, and then the next one was Second Timothy two two. Right. If you have that, yep. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Yeah. So the idea that we're that we're not only being taught, but then we're passing on what we're learning to others who will be faithful in passing it on. So the, the shepherding continues, mm-hmm. right? And, of course, that's a big part of what Chan's premise is here in this chapter, is that he wants leaders, and again, not just pastors, but Leaders, whether you're a pastor, whether you're uh, a youth group leader, which is a huge responsibility, mm-hmm. whether you're a leader in the sense that you're teaching a Sunday school class for kids or adults, right, or whether you're just shepherding your own family mm-hmm. uh, or you're in a small group or whatever it is, the goal is for people to be trained by their leaders so that they can become leaders, Yeah, right? There's a part in the in the book later on in this chapter where he talks about equipping pastors and he talks about, you know, the goal of parents, and we just read something about parents and children, is to 
train up their children so that they will no longer be completely dependent on their parents. Yeah. Um, so they can go out and stand, if you will, on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, his, his premise is the church should be training people to be able to go out and be leaders. And, and, and one of his big things is that he had elders at that, um, at that church in Southern California. Was it Cornerstone? Is mm-hmm. that the name of it? Yeah. Where he felt confident that he had people in that church that he could drop off in any city in the world and that they could start a church mm. or they could become leaders you know, in that city and tell people about Jesus and have a home church or whatever it is. And, and he said the equivalent would be like a 30-year-old Sorry, I know you're 30, but you're doing fine. Uh, a 30-year-old still living at home and complaining about his mother's cooking, right, is yeah. the equivalent of people sitting in a church, not getting involved, not growing, and complaining that they're not being fed to their yeah. liking, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, the idea is the shepherding of older women to younger women, of parents to children, of people who have been taught to just other members of the community to pass that that shepherding on. And of course, like we said, Jesus uh, refers to himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And, and of course, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. So um, lots of uh, references to shepherding uh, or pastoring or leading here, and that's what Chan's getting into. So I read earlier that he points out the chapter's written for all of us. He's mm-hmm. not trying to be critical. Um, and with that said, he gets into various traps that can occur for people in ministry. And again, I think this can apply to a senior pastor down to somebody teaching a Sunday school class. Um, And and as we said, when we were talking about what's going on in the world, what is the goal of our enemy? It's to, it's to divide. It's to take people away from Christ. Mm -hmm. It's to um, ruin their effectiveness through distraction or he talked about some of these Traps leading to depression, distraction, people who start off with all kinds of zeal and then falling into these kind of things. And, um, you know, they're, they're, we're going to get into them, but there are things like falling into the trap of avoiding criticism. You know, mm-hmm. that'll be the first one we talk about when we come back. Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, hey, if you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you guys listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville. 91.9 in St. Augustine and 91.3 and in Folkestone, Georgia, and anyone else who's listening uh, anywhere else in the world. So stick with us. We'll be right back. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, Right now I'm losing bad Stood on this stage night after night Reminding the broken it'll be alright But right now, oh right now I just can't It's easy to say when 
That is Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, we are talking about Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, and we're talking about the uh, the chapter Good Shepherds. And just before um, we got into it, or before the break, we had uh, David Gray, who's filling in for Doug today. Uh, He was talking about the, or just about to talk about the traps that are uh, potential pitfalls for people who are in ministry, um, but really just leading in general. Yeah, and again, I can see a lot of these in myself and that I've fallen into some of them, you know, in my experience, uh, as a believer. And, uh, so again, I think this is not just, uh, this is for all of us, but, but particularly for leaders and, you know, Taylor, have you ever seen or been involved with a church where the pastor just looks tired to you mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and too much on his plate? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Yeah. And I know you and Doug talked about this last week about the need for, pastors to have good people around them to mm. delegate and mm-hmm. uh, you know one of the things chan uh mentions in this chapter is that he feels that expectations that get placed on leaders really make success for them you know biblical success if you will almost impossible in some cases and mm. that um you know uh because people aren't serving yeah. and like you guys talked about in that previous chapter um all of the expectations for things to get done are on the pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, that's his job, right? Yeah. That's the attitude people have. That's his job. He's getting paid to do that. He's a professional. <laughs> yeah. You know, as opposed to saying, I'm a member of the body. What can I do mm-hmm. um, to serve? And what can I do to take some of some of that burden? And, 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 you know, Chan really feels that these unrealistic expectations can cause leaders to not prioritize you know, based on God's priorities and based yeah. on what God commands in scripture. But, but, you know, they start to prioritize based on people's, people's mm-hmm. uh, priorities and wants and that these, these are traps, right. For yeah. leaders and that they can really, as we said before the break, distract people from, from what's important, deceive them and actually cause them to, to be depressed. And we know that, you know, if you're trying to lead somebody or teach somebody and you're kind of down or discouraged or depressed, man, that's going to show through in, in how you tried to, to lead. So the first one that he mentions is this trap of avoiding criticism. Yeah. Um, and, and again, uh, I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a pastor in terms of, you know, what they have to face in mm-hmm. terms of people's complaints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not only complaints, but it goes the opposite end of the spectrum. It can be compliments Mm -hmm. and 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 things like that but it can also be criticism and i suspect that they they hear a lot of criticism and it's a lot easier for people to criticize these days he talks about that in this chapter with respect to social media yeah you know he says years ago if someone wanted to compliment him or complain to him they had to track him down Mm. uh now people can do it publicly and in some cases anonymously right just by by being on social media and and the the trap is that that pastors are human, right? They don't want to necessarily hear criticism or be exposed to that. And the trap is that they start to tailor their teaching mm-hmm. to avoid criticism uh, as opposed to fearlessly preaching the truth 
yeah. you know, maybe avoiding criticism. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard any of that. I, I think we've, even if we haven't heard that in our own churches, we've probably been aware of it or heard stories about it. Oh, yeah, I think that definitely in kind of the the space we live in now, you know, how things are, that I think that's probably really easy uh, for pastors. But uh, that's something that uh, I think, you know, there's a bunch of reasons, but sometimes you'll hear the pulpit be silent on certain issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be, well, you know, politics, we don't want to talk about that, um, which I understand that's that's good. But, you know, with an issue like abortion, which is it's politically divisive, but there's clear truth right. in the word and, and that they avoid talking about that, right. I think, to avoid criticism. And especially now the criticism, I mean, cancel culture and stuff like that is really profound, but that's <laughs> still can't negate you know yeah. talking about the truth so. exactly i had an experience like this of my own once where i had to really look at this and decide what what am i going to talk about or is this going to change me and this was nothing major it was in a small group basically mm-hmm. basically an adult sunday school class and we were just going through a book of the bible i don't remember exactly what it was but somehow the issue of cults came up and mm-hmm. and, and 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 the issue of other let's put it false religions mm-hmm. that some people might look at and consider just another part of Christianity, mm-hmm. but, but you know, they're, they're false religions. I think I know the ones you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> um, but in this particular case, I, there were some people visiting that morning. They were guests of some regulars there. And, um, I, I talked in a way that I hope was straightforward and loving and, but factual based on what the Bible teaches. And um, I tried to talk about, you know, one of the best things I ever heard, and Chan mentions it in the book, is all false religions will have a faulty view of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? If you want to know what if something is on the right track or not, look at what they say about Jesus. You know, we know that some uh, false religions say that Jesus was a created being. Mm-hmm. We know that others say that... Uh, you know, he was just a good teacher or, you know, that all kinds of different things that are different from what the Bible yeah, teaches. ancient heresies yeah. that he didn't have a body. Exactly. Like that that, yeah. We know he was fully God, mm-hmm. fully man, eternal God, you know, part of the Trinity, uh, all of the things that the Bible teaches. So I went over that and, well, make a long, t- as my dad says, to make a long story monotonous, <laughs> um, it turns out the folks that were visiting had children that were involved in this Mm. deception or in this Mm. false religion. And they, I heard about it the next week from my regulars and these people never came back, the people that had visited. And, um, I had to go back and look at, well, what did I say and how did I say it? And I, I looking back, you know, you always second guess yourself and there's probably a few things I could have said a little, put it a little differently, but essentially I felt like I said the truth. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it didn't turn into a major deal, but I had to decide I can't, I want to be sensitive and I want to be loving, but I can't be changed from what the Bible says. And, and you might even, uh, experience that just in your normal everyday job. Like for me, you know, uh, being a teacher, I was a history teacher at one point and uh, talking about the reformation and this girl, uh, said, Oh, like the Mormons. Cause I was trying to explain what reformation mm-hmm. was. I was like, well, no, that actually came later, and you know, mainline Christianity thinks that's a cult. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was Mormon, and boy, did I get in. Yeah. You know, the, her mom was, you know, sent me an email. Uh, you know, her sister sent me an email, 
And I had to be like, listen, this is what I said. I, you know, I don't, I don't right. have, have any ill will right. uh, towards your daughter. I was just trying to say historically this or that. And once I kind of explained, like I wasn't coming at her, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, that's cool. But that was something else yeah, that sure. for the rest of that year, I had other students that I had who were Mormons and I didn't know it. Yep. Try to come talk to me before or after school to be like, hey, we need to talk about this or that. And be like, well, okay. I, I guess it was an opportunity, right? <laughs> I'm sure it was an experience for you. You probably learned a lot from it. Well, yeah, and then being in the in the history or being in the in the education field, you know, that's that, they're gonna fire you real quick. Yeah, you know, if you start talking too crazy yeah. about being a Christian. So. Yeah. Well, you said the right things for sure. Um, the next trap that Chan gets into is the trap of fundraising, mm-hmm. um, and he, he had some good lines here. He said that he doesn't know many people who went into ministry because of their love of raising funds <laughs> and. And I can agree with that. And I know this is always a tough subject for churches. Um, but he said uh, he also doesn't know many leaders of churches who aren't regularly worried about, you know, building projects or the church budget or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, um, you know, so I guess he's 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 saying that it's one of those things that has to be dealt with, but it shouldn't be a trap that we fall into where as leaders – especially as pastors, right? They spend all their time worrying about that, right? That, yeah. You know, the, again, uh, and, and trusting God for it and, and doing what they need to do, but not worrying about it. And I'm sure you've been to churches where it's like three times in the message, they say, you know, you need to give, you need to give. God will bless you if you give, you know, and like really, it's like, man, the money aspect here at this, and maybe it's just mm-hmm. this service is mm-hmm. such that it's like, Oh man, you know, you're starting to sound a little health and wealthy. Yeah. You know, and we want to that. talk about that maybe yeah. in the last segment because uh, we're coming to another trap on greed and, and, uh, th- that's definitely an issue. And, mm-hmm. uh, then there's the trap of comparison. Uh, and again, we were talking about social media earlier, but the, the, the idea that like no other time church members, right? You, you go into your local church, but you can go listen to the podcasts of mm-hmm. all the great, you know, well-known teachers and speakers yeah. like Doug McCary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but seriously, you can go listen to John MacArthur. You can mm-hmm. go listen to Alistair Begg and, mm-hmm. and, and rightly so we should, those guys are great teachers. Yeah. Um, but his point is that, you know, local pastors have to deal with knowing that their congregation can, can go out and see a video of someone moving thousands of people spiritually yeah. right mm-hmm. and um and and it's hard for leaders and pastors not to fall into that trap of comparison for themselves well and and doesn't the devil love to do that right even with you and i as individuals mm-hmm. well well why didn't you go to that event and serve yeah you know now there's a difference between our Conviction. the holy spirit yeah. convicting us of things but this idea that you're not good enough because you didn't go do that or and you didn't, and, you didn't get selected for you know doing this or that thing. right yeah. right and that person look at how godly that person is they're doing all these things yeah and again you know we should we should serve mm-hmm. as was has been talked about in response to what jesus has done for us not as a way to make him love us more or for him to be more impressed by it. i love the phrase we will never be more loved by god than we are right now where mm. he, he will never love us more or less than he does right now. And there's nothing we can do to change that. Yeah. So our good works that he planned for us in advance to do are all in response to what he's done for us and as part of his family. So we're going to come up on break here and I want to give you some time to take us into the break. 
All right. Um, as I said before, uh, we would like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We have uh, David Gray in the building filling in for Doug. Uh, he is taking us through letters to the church, the chapter on the Good Shepherd. So if you would like to join us in this discussion, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 777 SWAT. Or you can email us at taylor at SWATradio.com. That's taylor, T A Y L O R, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, so we're going through these traps that Chan outlines in the book of uh, traps of ministry, and we we just talked about the trap of avoiding criticism. You know, changing what we say or teach to avoid criticism, and not fearlessly teaching or preaching or talking about the truth. The trap of fundraising, being overly concerned and worried about church budgets or building projects. And again, easy for me to say I don't really have to <laughs> worry about that stuff. But we all deal with financial concerns right? Mm-hmm. Um, that the Bible talks about trap of comparison where, you know, um, again, this can be, this can be a trap for a pastor. 
I could see it being a trap for a Sunday school teacher, right? Yeah. Somebody who's teaching a third grade class and worries that they're not doing a good enough job because the kids love the fourth grade teacher, right? I yeah. mean, I could see that happening there. Um, he talks next about the trap of meeting expectations. And, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier um, about the, you know, what, why are people coming to church these days? People are coming with all kinds of expectations. You know, some people are coming, it's the old takers or consumers versus mm-hmm. servants, right? Some people are coming expecting a certain length of service or certain amenities, you know, while others are coming really ready to serve. And, um, but I like what he wrote here. I'm just going to read from the book what he wrote here. People come on Sunday mornings expecting coffee, good parking, music they enjoy at a preferred volume, hmm. <laughs> a 30-minute sermon, a good nursery, children's ministry, something for preteens, middle school ministry, high school ministry, college and singles ministry, etc. They are too busy creating what people expect to actually pursue what God commands, meaning meaning leaders. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I think, again, I can relate to that, and I can say I've sure I've been guilty of it. Yeah. You know, that I have, oh, you know, I don't like the music or I don't know if I've gone as far as to say complaining about the coffee, but, <laughs> you know, whether it's music, whether it's style, you know, I know I've been guilty of that. And man, that's got to be tough on pastors. Yeah. And I know for me, if, you know, if a message has been boring and it then the guy, you know, goes over, I've had some thoughts of, oh my gosh, yep. you know what I mean? So, yeah. I know yep. what you're talking Doesn't about. he know the football pregame show is... <laughs> Starting in 15 minutes. I mean, I, you know, I'm, and I'm saying that as somebody who's done that and, 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 you know, is convicted about that. And so I've been part of that problem at times. Um, you know, the next one is the trap of popularity. You know, he talks about empty seats in a church, you know, mm-hmm. being, being a downer. And, uh, um, you know, especially if you're seeing other churches in your area full or, uh, he talked about, um, and Chan is pretty well known, so he's going to go to a lot of conferences and things like that, but talking about seeing, quote, you know, a celebrity pastor, if yeah. you will, how uh-huh. he gets treated at a, at a conference or an event compared to somebody, a pastor, you know, that people don't know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he may, he has the quote, it's hard for some leaders not to become envious and hard for those who have quote made it not to become proud. Yeah. Right. And I just, I think you think about maybe an average pastor that nobody knows outside of his congregation goes to a conference and he's doing the right things in his congregation. He's having an impact. He's faithful. He's preaching from the word. And then he goes to a thing like that. That could be discouraging. Right. Yeah. um, I would, though it was kind of interesting to me. I I felt like uh, the trap of popularity and then meeting expectations and avoiding criticism kind of all dovetail in together. And, uh, you know, because you're looking for that popularity, you might do things to try to meet people's expectations of, oh, this is how so and so did it. And you might not say uh, or change the way you say something because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get that popularity. Yep. Yep. And I, and I'm, I'm, it's a good message again for us as individual followers of Jesus, because I, I can see that in myself in Mm -hmm. having one-on-one conversations with people at times, hedging what I say. Now, some of it is to be, um, gracious and some of it is to be, you know, to just not unload on somebody something that they're not going to understand. But I'm also 
Sometimes it's fear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's lack, you know, wanting to avoid criticism or somebody thinking that I'm something in a, in a weird way or whatever it is. You know, I'm, I've been guilty of that too. Yeah. That you're talking about, you know, kind of softening your words or, you know, for me, it has to be softening my words because I am really blunt and I don't realize kind of, Oh, that's what I was thinking. I didn't realize someone would take it yeah. that way. So it's sometimes it's for me, it's okay. Am I, am I softening my words? Cause I need to, because I'm being too blunt <laughs> or am I, am I backing away from yeah, what's right. true, true? So that's like a difficult thing for me personally. And yep. I'm sure for, any and I think that's part of our growth. Yeah. I think that's part of our sanctification. You know, Jesus was blunt when he needed to be, wasn't yeah. he? And, um, but he was also soft when he needed mm-hmm. to be and, um, and, and full of, full of grace. Uh, uh, there's the trap of safety that Chan mentions. <laughs> like what he says, he says, basically we put pastors and leaders in a church office surrounded by other believers for 40 hours a week and then expect them to, to teach on living by faith. Yeah. Right? And I thought that was an interesting comment as well. Although there's, there are plenty of pastors that I know that are, that are involved in various things and get out of their office and mm-hmm. whether it's out visiting people or ministering to people or teaching or whatever it is. But I can also see how that trap can occur. You could get used to just, I mean, I know in my job, there's plenty of times where, you know, I admire, you know, I have a family full of teachers and I, you're, you're a teacher. You know, one of the things I admire about teachers is, man, you got to be on mm-hmm. every day. If I'm having a bad day, I can kind of, well, I work from home now, but I can kind of lock myself in my office and just kind of bury my head in what I have to do and not deal with anybody. Yeah. You, you can't do that. And, uh, and pastors, I can see where they might want to just take that break and just isolate themselves sometimes in, in an office. Yeah. Or being so, you know, Sunday, given the message, that's a big thing and you want to be prepared. And so, okay, I got to be prepared. Sure. I gotta, you know, and so spending so much time uh, in that and that maybe you could miss opportunities to uh, minister in other ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not- Sunday. And, and it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard preparing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like getting up there teaching, like the first time you do it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this yeah. is you, know, you got to be on. So I can see, um, you know, why a pastor, and plus it's you know, kind of habit you get into, and it's a big responsibility. Yeah. It's not like you're teaching somebody, you know, how to color. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, not not that there's yeah. any. I don't want to offend art right. teachers out there, but <laughs> yeah, but your habits, you get in there, and so you know, you get used to just being in the office and preparing and stuff. Um, but I think it is important for not only pastors, but for us as individuals to really be out there and, and, uh, winning souls, you yeah. know, meeting people and developing culti- relationships. Yeah. I was about, I was just yeah, about to sorry, say cultivating relationships because, you know, not a drive by, here's a track and, right. you know, hopefully right. they got it, but yep. really to get to know yep. people and show yep. the love of God. I think there's some benefit always in, in, in passing out tracks. You never know what God's going to do with that. But I think the majority of people that come to know Christ come to know him through a relationship, Yeah, right? Through, through a relationship with a follower of Jesus. Right? Yeah. Um, the next one is the trap of greed. And, and, uh, you know, he's talking here about just in our society in general today, people are feeling more entitled, right? Mm-hmm. And, and pastors and other leaders are no exception. And that's, um, that's big in the church right now. It you know, is. Like we said earlier, the health and wealth gospel. Yeah. And along those lines, I, I know we just have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to recommend everybody listening and mention, uh, you know, there's a lot of junk on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a good thing on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's called American Gospel Christ Alone. 
and it's a documentary basically exposing the the prosperity gospel yeah. or the word of faith gospel name it and claim it is yep. another mm-hmm. um and a lot of times what i i watched it at least some of it the other night and i was so impressed with it not only because it's an ex, it's it's exposing the falsehood of that prosperity gospel but it's positively reinforcing the real gospel, yeah, the, really the real message lot. of the gospel. Right. Yeah. What, what do you usually see when you see a documentary that has anything to do with Jesus on TV? It's all how the church is bad and it won't talk about the light, right. you know, the good, the right. good stuff. Yeah. Or it's, it's people speaking about Jesus who you wouldn't consider the strongest mm-hmm. oh, theologians yeah. mm-hmm. or teachers, yeah. right? It's always some kind of maybe denomination that you haven't heard of before yeah. or it's very worldly. Mm-hmm. But this documentary has a bunch of guys on it from Westminster Seminary. Mm. Several years ago at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian, they had a, a, a conference on re- with Reformed speakers that mm. came, Reformed theologians, that headed by R.C. Sproul, oh, wow. which was terrific. Yeah. And there, I recognized a few of the guys on this American Gospel documentary that, that were part of that mm. conference. And they're just so good and so solid and can give such a a clear defense of the gospel. Hmm. And so if you get a chance to watch it while we're talking about this trap of greed, um, go and watch this American gospel. I think it it's so helpful for us to constantly be working on being able to explain what we believe and why we believe it. And this is such a, a good tool for that. Yeah. That, that is um well we are just about out of time uh we got through all the traps but uh the last one um so you're gonna have to tune in tomorrow to hear us talk <laughs> about that um you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching swat radio You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT radio. Join us tomorrow. We will be talking uh, more about uh, The Good Shepherd and Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. We hope to see you then, and we want to thank you for tuning in. Have a nice day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual